What is going on, everybody? Jonathan here with Adam Ronis for another edition of Anti Up on the Sawdust Podcast Network. Uh, Adam filling in for Howard today so we can talk some more hoops. Uh, I know you and I have been feverishly watching uh, these NBA playoffs with a dental eye here. Uh, today, we're you know tapping Thursday's games. We have the Celtics and Raptors go down to the wire on a last-second shot, and then the complete opposite uh, with the Clippers and Nuggets. They obviously had a blowout win there uh, for the Clippers. Uh, what did you think of the last night's game of basketball? Well, obviously the Raptors-Celtics game was amazing. I know you did not like the ending as a Celtics fan, but but yeah, I mean, coming into this, you know, obviously Toronto had to win this game. They were not going to come back from three games to none, and Boston has been extremely impressive in the playoffs, winning their first six games, and Toronto had had it in control in game two and just kind of let it slide. And, you know, I knew coming in that they were going to play their guys big minutes, and they had to respond, but the way this game ended was just unbelievable. And if you didn't watch it, you got to watch the highlights. You know, it went back and forth, came down to the wire. Kemba Walker, who's from New York, and made a phenomenal pass to Tice under the basket, who dunked it with, what, 0.5 seconds 0. left? 0. 0.5 seconds left. I was yeah. so, worried worried because Marcus Smart's, like, clapping his hands for Kemba to give up the ball. I'm like, do not give this ball to Marcus Smart. I don't care what happened in game two. Kemba, I wanted to take the shot. So when I saw him pass it, I was, like, stunned for a moment. I couldn't believe how open Tice was. Yeah, so you're watching that. You're like, oh, man, that's it. Like, what are they going to do in point five? Now down two. Uh, they're going to need a miracle. So, obviously, the timeout comes. And then the Celtics say, all right, we're going to put Taco Fall to, in, to guard the inbound pass from Kyle Lowry. And if you don't know Ty, Taco Fall, he's seven foot five. So he doesn't play much, and they put him in there, and Kyle Lowry throws— He's six feet tall. Yeah, <laughs> Lowry's six foot, throws a pass over his hands, cross court to the opposite side. OG Anubi catches it, gets it off, it goes in. So now we're like, okay, did he get it off in time? Clearly he did, and the Raptors win by one in a much— needed win for them and now we have a series again i thought this was gonna go deep uh i had concerns about toronto when we were always talking about them like in the bubble and everything you know everyone's like oh toronto toronto i was like if you look at their record against teams above 500 it's not good but i still think they're a really good team obviously they're not the same as last year without Kawhi leonard uh but they needed this game and they got it uh so now we have a series with Boston leading this two games to one. And I was wondering, too, like, what does Boston have to do to be favored? They won the first two games, and Toronto was favored by a point, point and a half, depending on your book. I think at some places it might have closed at two. And that was just scary to me, even though I thought Toronto was going to win because it was a must win, but I just wasn't confident. I mean, like, what if I was wrong and maybe Boston just has their number because Boston has played them well? But uh, that was a much needed win. And yeah, who knows about momentum? Does it carry over in a game four? We don't know. Uh, but we talked about this before the show. Like, Lowry played 46 minutes, Newby 45, Van Fleet 41, and he had five fouls. So, you know, they played these guys major minutes, and I wrote that in the uh, DFS playbook on Fantasy Alarm. I'm like, look, you, you play the Toronto guards tonight because it's a must win. 
And we've seen, I didn't expect that many minutes. Like I thought 42, 43, but that's what happens. Uh, game on the line must win. Uh, you're going to play these guys big minutes. That's what happened. And uh, they came through. So I know you didn't enjoy it, but that was just a, another thrilling finish. We had three straight games come down to the last possession between Thursday night and Wednesday night. Really good endings here for the NBA. No, exactly. And you're right. Obviously, I would have liked to see uh, a, a different outcome, but that was a great game to watch. It was back and forth for a lot of it. Uh, Boston obviously did have the, uh, I think it was like a 10 point lead going into half, but uh, the second half was all of Toronto. They won both the third and fourth quarters. Uh, there was a period of time there where Boston had like an eight point lead with, uh, I want to say maybe like four minutes ago. And I thought, all right, maybe this is where they, where they're going to, you know, get together. And then, you know, Toronto started hitting some threes and there were some, you know, questionable flopping foul calls going back and forth there uh, at one point in time. So that, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a good series. And then of course, we got game one of the Clippers in Denver, which was, like you said, the complete opposite. Uh, Clippers won that one 120-97. to 97. Uh, Was never really in doubt after that second quarter in which uh, Clippers took an 18-point uh, lead going into halftime. They extended that uh, at the end of the third quarter going up 24. And, you know, that was basically all she wrote. And you said again, you, know, you and I talked uh, right before we jumped live here. Um, you know, Denver coming off that grueling, grueling series uh, against Utah you know, how much do they have left now against a team that is, you know, among the top two favorites to win it all? Yeah, that was my concern. I wrote about it on Wager Alarm, uh, gave out the Clippers minus nine. I also had the over, and Denver screwed me on the over with 16 points in the third quarter, man. Like, are you kidding me? That's what ruined it. I mean, they came close. Uh, it was 217. The over was – the point was 223, so – but, yeah, I was confident in the Clippers. Like, they're one team in the playoffs. I'm not afraid to take the the seven, eight, nine-point line. Uh, I'm just confident in them. I've felt the whole year they're the better team. And the thing was, too, in the first round against Dallas, they really didn't play great. You know, they definitely didn't play good defense. And uh, they oh, were George able to, struggled a lot during that season. Yeah, George shot 35% from the field in that one. So he struggled. Uh, Beverly played one game. Uh, Montrez Harrell is still working his way back. You can see it conditioning. And, you know, they, they were able to play him 19 minutes against Denver. And he had 15 points, three rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block. So, and Lou Williams didn't play well the last two games against Dallas either. And even in this one, he only played 24 minutes. So it's not like we've seen the Clippers really whole yet either and really put it together. So I only see them getting better as the postseason goes along. And I just thought this was a really tough spot for Denver. Uh, they had an emotional win, just mentally, too, and physically, to come down from three games to one and then win it in game seven and win it in the fashion they did. Uh, I just and, and having one day off like that's kind of tough to recover. I know you don't have to travel and everything and it's a little bit different, but still uh, you're going up against the better team. And they came out strong in the first quarter. Actually, I was like, oh, OK, it was 31 31. And then they just got outscored by 18 in the second quarter and they kind of just. Didn't have it. We knew Jamal Murray was not going to have a big game tonight. I mean, he was an easy fade in DFS. You know, I put him in there. I'm like, yeah, you know, he's capable of going off, but he's too expensive. And, you know, the, the Toronto guards were the better play. Uh, and he, even in game seven, he didn't play. He didn't shoot well. I mean, he was going to come back down to earth. He was 7-21. to 21, And he did get banged up too late in the game. Collision with Joe Ingles. No one really talked about it. But, uh, yeah, this was just a tough spot for Denver. I, I, and I don't think... I think they're just uh, not as good as the Clippers. The Clippers are better. 
They played three times in a regular season. Clippers won two of those games easily, and then Denver won by 10, 114-104. I don't remember if the Clippers were missing Kawhi or George in that game. I'm assuming they did if they only scored 104. Yeah, and, uh, and those guys barely played you know, every other game anyway. So. Yeah, so uh, I, I just don't see this series going deep, man. I, I think you think, could, do you think they actually even get a game? I mean, if you look yeah, at yeah, I'll give them a game, but I think I I think it's only five. I think it might only go five. Okay. Yeah, I I always look at like Clippers in my at least in my opinion, I, I put Paul George above Nikola Jokic. I know George isn't necessarily playing uh, as well as we've seen in the past. So if you want to give it Jokic on the Denver side, but the Clippers have the best players on on, on in this series. Um, Kawhi obviously the elite play that he is, but I mean. You know, Marcus Morris has been a huge add for for the Clippers. Um, you know, since he was put onto that team, really helping uh, the depth there, and just I feel like up and down their roster, their primary rotation there uh, is just better than Denver's. You know, what they're able to put on the floor. Um, you know, it's good to see Gary Harris be able to get play a little bit more minutes. You know, they do need some sort of defensive um, stop there, but you know, Harris, you know, he's good against guards, and the guards aren't really the scorers on uh, on the Clippers. You know, unless Lou Williams on the floor, so. Um, you know, I, I don't see this game going far. Uh, I, I'd be interested to see if Denver can even get one. But, you know, the, the bubble is the equalizer here. So, I mean, like, there's no home crowd they have to deal with. Uh, you know, they go back, empty gym, they start it all over, and, and maybe that neutral field can allow them to get back into a rhythm. I remember, Denver had major problems stopping Utah for most of that series. I mean, they just mm-hmm. – I know Utah was shooting at a ridiculous level that – you know, you, you knew it wasn't sustainable, but and both teams kind of regressed in Game Seven. But I think the Clippers are probably going to be favored by nine again in Game Two. And I know I got a day or so to think about it, but I'm leaning towards taking them again until Denver proves. I mean, but then again, Denver was could have been a fatigue factor too. Uh, still, I don't know. I kind of lean towards the Clippers again. Yeah, no, for, I I don't I agree with you 100 there. I, I think this is probably an easy. Um, you know, Clippers, Clippers win there. And, you know, Denver was, well, I was trying to see their home road splits, um, you know, having the, you know, teams having to go into Denver generally is like a, is a tough spot, you know, going into elevation or whatever. And Denver was 26 and 11 this year at home, but they were a good run to 2016. Um, you know, so it's not exactly uh, as if they were, you know, the 76ers or anything like that with some crazy uh, road home uh, advantages there. But generally I do, uh, I agree with you. I think, I think the Clippers could, should close this out. I think the sweep is very possible, but shouldn't go more than five. Yeah, I just don't see it being a, a deep series either. It just felt like the Clippers are the better team, and I think they'll handle their business. All right, well, let me ask you uh, this. Let's take a look at Friday's games. Um, who is the better team? Is it Miami or is it Milwaukee? Because we've seen now Miami up 2-0 in this series against you know the Bucks, who everybody considered to be the – you know, clear-cut favorite here uh, in the Eastern Conference. You know, what is it you know, that Miami seemingly is doing right here against this Bucks team? I'll tell you this. If you didn't know anything and you said, watch these two teams, and one is the one seed and one is the five, and you had to guess, you would say Miami's the one, and I don't think it's close. Do you agree? The way it's been playing, I... Right. I, I'm I, just I, saying, basically, if I just put you on the court and said, you knew nothing about these teams. I said, all right, one team is the one seed, one is the five. Watch these two games. Who would you say is the one seed? No, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to it's go against It's not even Miami. close. 
Yeah, it's I've, been, I've been disappointed with the way the Bucks played. I thought they would really respond in game two and cover, and they didn't. Uh, they had 14 turnovers uh, in game two, 19 in game one. They didn't hit their free throws in game one. The disturbing part for me was Jimmy Butler, 40 points in game one. Okay, fine. We knew that wasn't going to happen again, mm-hmm. and it didn't. He had 13 points. And Miami still won this game. I mean, Miami is getting contributions from everyone. Goran Dragic has been amazing. Uh, Tyler Hero has stepped up in the playoffs. They got the veteran uh, experience of Jay Crowder, who's helped out. Bam Adebayo has been solid. We know they got shooters from the outside. We know what Milwaukee does. They protect the rim, and they allow teams to shoot the three. They're going to have to get out in the face of the heat because if you're going to continue to allow the heat to take 45 threes like they did in game two and they hit 17. I mean, it's going to be a problem. Uh, the Bucks got to the free throw line more. That's the thing. It's a physical series. Both teams game two getting to the free throw line 32 for the heat 39 for the Bucks and the Bucks after shooting 53% from the free throw line in game one, 84.6%. So they got better there. Even Giannis nine to 13, but man, I just want to see Giannis impose his will more. Uh, what, 12 shots from the field yeah, in game the 12 one, shots in game one was uh, yeah. inexcusable. You can't, you can't do that as the, like, playoff game. Like, is LeBron taking 12 shots in a playoff game? Like, the best players, these are where they take 20-plus shots a game. I thought that was what I would have expected out of him in game two. I mean, he gave us 18. He was definitely more efficient shooting the ball. But how do you just disappear like that uh, in game one with 12 shots? Yeah. I mean, you got to take over the and game. he missed all of his free throws. <laughs> he was like yeah. 12 or something. Um, And, you know, we, we talked about the Raptors and those guys playing minutes. Can we get Giannis to 40 minutes, man? I mean, 36 minutes? Like, this is the playoffs. You rested him all year. How many times did Giannis play 30, 31 minutes? What were you preserving him for? Like, this is your season now. 36 mm-hmm. minutes? And I know most guys play, but he's young, man. And you rested him all year. So why can't he play 38, 39 minutes? I don't understand it. No, I agree with you. And I wonder if we're starting to see now – you know, this Miami team, as you, you mentioned, they're they're actually pretty deep. You know, their starting five is very solid. They, you know, they acquired Jay Crowder. Uh, you know, Andre Iguodala, he only played 11 minutes there, but I mean, you talk about a guy that he can be a veteran leadership. He got hurt, got hurt that's too. why. Yeah, he got a little hurt, he's, too. He's listed uh, as questionable, too, for game three. Yes, I mean, but but just another guy that, you know, is playoff hardened. Uh, and then, you know, you mentioned Tyler Hero, you know, one of the best rookies turned out to be uh, in this draft class. Um, you know, you look at their bench and the guys that they got, were able to get contributions for, and there's some solid guys there. Then you look at the bench of Milwaukee and you're looking at, you know, Marvin Williams or George Hill, or you need guys like those that come through for you and produce. And I just feel like Miami just seems like the deeper team. Like they have more guys that are capable of hitting shots. Whereas if Giannis doesn't, like you said, play 44 minutes and, and score 35 to 40, you know, is it going to be enough with just him Middleton, um, you know, carrying the load there? Yeah, I mean, Bledsoe sat game one. I thought that was a problem for them. They couldn't play up tempo. And they they put up more points in game two, and Bledsoe was able to play 31 minutes. Uh, but, yeah, this Miami just looks like the more confident team, too. They're not intimidated at all. They're the only team in the regular season to beat Milwaukee twice. And they're just not intimidated at all. And they have excellent ball movement. They're physical. So, uh, I mean, look, the Bucks got to win this game. And they came close. I know there were shaky calls down the stretch. The bottom line is Miami deserved to win that game. 
you could say, I mean, they the Middleton play, they probably shouldn't have called it. So they got that. They got fortunate. And the Butler call at the end, too, was a little, you know, I mean, yeah, Giannis touched his back, but it didn't affect the play. Uh, the bottom line is Milwaukee got outplayed. They didn't deserve to win. And Miami has been the better team. So I'm going to take Miami getting the points until Milwaukee can prove to me that they can handle this team. Now, if would I be surprised if the Bucs came out one by 10 tomorrow? No, but I just haven't seen anything yet. Just, just the same today. Like I really wanted to take Toronto and I thought I was going to be getting points and I saw they were favored. I was like, what? So yeah, if you took Toronto by one, it was a push, but it still wasn't convincing. And it's the same thing with Miami and Milwaukee right now. So I'm taking Miami getting the five. And I like the over in this game, uh, over 223 and a half. Uh, the first quarters of both games so far, we've seen a ton of points. So uh, I we're seeing both teams get to the free throw line a lot. So that's good. Clock stops, able to put up points. Uh, so I like uh, Miami getting the five and the over in that game. Yeah, I, I think that's a... Uh... I get that. I would like to see the uh, eight shots that Wes Matthews took in game two and given those to probably anybody else. I, I don't I don't see a reason why. But don't you also like when you look at Milwaukee, it's been the whole bubble. This is not the same team that we yeah. saw. I, I'm not sure what's missing. They're definitely not the same defense. And it is like a new season. It was four months off. So that's what's weird about this season. And maybe it's helped teams like like Miami that had a couple rookies. Now the rookies. No more rookie wall. They get to rest. They have some experience. Uh, you know, this is a unique situation that we've never seen before. So it is a little bit different. And maybe Milwaukee's just not handling it well. Yeah, definitely possible. And like you said, uh, Bubble is certainly a, a different beast here. Uh, second game that we have on the slate, uh, we have the uh, Rockets and Lakers. Uh, obviously, Houston coming back in that you know seven-game series against the Thunder that they were uh, able to pull out there, uh, now going up against Lakers with LeBron and AD. Uh, two, obviously, very varying styles of play. You have the Rockets that are fully committed to this small ball. Uh, you know, we say all the time, how are they supposed to handle these big guys? Who on Houston is going to be able to handle Anthony Davis? No one. I think that's uh, what we also say about a lot of teams. A lot of teams, right. right? At least a lot of teams has another big guy. Like, there's there's nobody there. <laughs> Jeff Green is playing center most of the time. Yeah, that is true. So, you know, this is another case of uh, Lakers having a little bit more rest. Um, and we know they're a, they've been a pretty good defensive team. We saw what they did to the Blazers. Uh, we know the Blazers were strong in three-point shooting. And uh, they struggled. And obviously, that's what the Rockets like to do. But they also like to play that fast pace game and push it up the floor but are they going to have the legs to do that after a seven game series and we saw their offense wasn't wasn't great it's not what we were accustomed to seeing they they're putting up low point totals so uh i'm gonna lean to the lakers in game one yeah we have the lakers right now only minus six and a half does that seem Right to you for me. I, I thought initially when I would take a look at this, I thought it could have been like eight, eight or plus um, points here. I felt like the Lakers should be a, a bigger favorite. Do you feel like the lines a little light on this one? No, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. You know, because the Houston with them is if they're hitting their threes, I mean, they just put up points in a hurry. So I, I think that's a fair line. 
Okay. What about the over under here? We had two twenty five. Um, I'm going to lean towards the under on that one. Um, yeah, uh, you know, the Lakers will get their points with LeBron and Davis, but, uh, Houston shooting might be off here from this game, uh, coming off, uh, the game seven. Uh, I think they could be a little fatigued. I mean, we saw it with Denver. It doesn't mean it's going to be the case with Houston. Uh, Harden did struggle in that game. Westbrook has kind of been up and down more down since his return. So uh, I lean towards the under here. Okay. And, I mean, we're, we are also dealing with a Lakers team that's had a little bit of a layoff. Um, you know, they were obviously able to wrap up their series in five. So it's been uh, some time off in which they've been able to rest. You know, there's a possibility that uh, they could even come out maybe a little bit rusty, you know, and, and maybe the benefit of, of Houston just recently playing could, could keep them maybe in that game a little bit more. Yeah, maybe – they miss shots early on too, as they have a little rust. So, and we've just seen, you know, the the play a lot. A lot of the playoff totals, especially recently, we're getting lower scoring games now. I mean, you notice these totals are going way down. I mean, I think Raptors Raptors Celtics have gone under each of the games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's they definitely went over in Game Three. Game Two, what was the uh, score? I forgot. Game Two was whatever now. Oh uh, yeah, they went under. It was two two oh one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they've gone under in each of their three series. Uh, yeah, they, they've gone under the total in all three games. And, and um, Milwaukee, I know Milwaukee went over in the last game. I think they were under game one, over game two. We only saw two hundred four points from the Rockets Thunder in game seven. So uh, we've seen some lower scoring games lately. Of course, we had the uh, the stellar eighty to seventy Denver yeah, win. I mean, that was another <laughs> under. Um, yeah, so we've seen quite a few unders. Uh, yeah, two unders on 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 Thursday night. Uh, Wednesday we saw one over, one under. Monday we saw two unders. So yeah, we're see- we're just we're not seeing those those Dallas Clipper games anymore. It doesn't feel like right. Right, exactly. And I mean, I guess you sort of expected that, right? As you move on into series, you get better defensive teams. Um, so, you know, sort of the expectations there would always be uh, that you could go ahead and, and think that teams would end up being lower lower scoring, you know, in these contests. Yeah, we would have had an overtime if Denver didn't score 16 in the third quarter. Not that I'm bitter about that or anything. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not like we had anything going on. Oh, either. man. Yeah. That's, that, that's the worst, man. I'm sitting there I'm like, oh, 31-31 at the first quarter. Here we go. Oh, halftime. The Clippers got 69. I'm like, okay, cool. And then the Nuggets just cannot do anything in the third quarter. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and esports, too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A N T E U P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know 
what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. Yeah, it's tough when you, you think you have something that's really going because I, uh, I have had instances lately. I was actually, I think it was the last time that I did this Anthea podcast with you. Uh, I thought Devin Booker's over total was like 30 and a half. He had 22, I think it was, in, in the first half. Uh, and then he scored like four points the rest of the way. And I remember messaging Howard. I was like, oh, you know, I bet Devin Booker is over 30 and a half. And he's got 22 at halftime. I'm like, no doubt, no doubt. And he, they end up winning in a blowout. And, and he doesn't even cover the over. I was like, unbelievable. What are the what are the odds of, of someone like that actually falling through there? So that was uh, you know, a little bit frustrating to, to end up seeing. Uh, and let me ask you a question. Are, are, have you checked out Monkey Knife Fight uh, at all? Yeah, man. It's, it's definitely... A place to go and check it out uh, you can really get some good uh player props there yeah they have they have some really good player props i want to ask you uh let me let me get your take on some of these player props that we have this is the milwaukee miami game uh, we're looking at more or less in terms of points scored they gave us Giannis at 31 and a half and jimmy butler at 20 and a half uh, i think butler over 20 and a half is, is a pretty strong uh take do you agree or disagree uh, I agree. He's coming off a game where he didn't score a lot, but I wasn't surprised because, again, he had 40 the first game. So we knew that wasn't going to happen again. Uh, but only 13 in game two was surprising. He only took eight shots that's, from the field. That, you, that's, that's what sticks out to me. Is the fact you, know, that you know why, though? I think this is what's happening is that, as I alluded to earlier, Milwaukee's a team that protects the room well, and they'll give up the outside shot. Butler's not going to take a lot of threes. So he's kicking it out to Dragic, to Robinson, and that's why you're seeing his assists. Like, he had six assists last game. So I think that's why. is, uh, And that's why you're seeing Adebayo with eight shots, too. It's just tougher to score against them inside, and uh, they're giving up the three, and Miami is taking advantage of that. And what do you think about Giannis with his 30 and a half total? Do you think he finally starts, you know, taking over this these games? I know you took Miami for this game, but do you think this is just, uh, you know, a show game for Giannis in this one? Uh, I think Milwaukee should win this game. I just think I, I just can't take them by more than five based on what I've seen here in the first two games. Like, uh, I mean, even game one, the last game, they came out, they were down 38-29 after the first quarter. I was like, really? Like, you need this game, and that this is what you do? So, um, yeah, I would take the over. I mean, you got to think that he's just going to – he's got to go off. I mean, it's a must win. Like, give me – I want to see 12 points in the first quarter from him. Yeah. I, the one thing that I've started thinking about with Giannis, and obviously his problem is that he's actually not like a great shooter, right? Yeah. He, he needs to be in and around the rim. He gets a lot of dunks. He, he can hit the shot occasionally because he's just a talented guy. But, you know, a lot of his points come from either getting into the rim and dunking it, getting to the rim and getting fouled, and just shooting, you know, 50% from the free throw line. That's where a lot of his points come. So, yeah, they need to feed him early uh, down low. I can't imagine Bam. I know Bam is, is, a, is a strong player. But I can't imagine Bam is capable as an undersized center to just muscle around Giannis when they get in the post. And they don't really have – another guy, you know, and Kelly Olenek's on the floor. 
know, how isn't how isn't Giannis just tearing him apart? Um, so I, yeah, I agree with you. I think I want to see an over there as well. Um, for the Lakers game, they gave us James Harden at thirty-one and a half points, and Anthony Davis at just twenty-nine and a half. Uh, which of the two do you feel goes under? Uh, do you think uh, any you know or over for the guys? I feel better about Davis going over. I think Davis over twenty nine and a half should be. Uh, I agree with you. That's <laughs> that's probably the direction. Again, I and again, we how many times have we looked at something on paper and been like, "There's no way this does this this happens. It doesn't make any sense." And you know, you have, we end up being wrong. But who? Well, twenty twenty nine is a high number. That's the problem. It is. It's, he did score forty though in that game against the closeout game against Portland. So right. Look, and he we expect him to do that. The way this that team is designed. They need huge games from LeBron and Anthony Davis to win. Like, if one of those guys has a bad game, how do they win? They don't get enough from everyone else. You know, like, yeah. they would need Kuzma to get, like, 18 and Caldwell Pope to get 14 and, and Danny Green to get 14. And they that just doesn't happen a lot. So they need Davis to produce and – you know, especially if Houston does push the pace. I mean, that's going to help Anthony Davis a little bit. Oh, they have LeBron James over under nine and a half assists. Uh, yeah, had, I take it over. Three, he had three games of over t- of ten over ten assists in the five games against Portland. He had a sixteen, a ten, and a ten. He had seven and eight assists in the two other games. Yeah, I lean towards the over. Yeah, I agree. I think I think over over nine and a half is a. I mean, this is playoff LeBron, right? We're gonna get near triple double production out of him, uh, pretty much on a night in night out basis, in my opinion. Uh, I think that's just the one that we go to. And then the last playoff prop that they're giving us that I think uh, is interesting is, uh, and it really depends on Westbrook's availability. But six and a half rebounds for Russell Westbrook, would you go over or under? Uh, under. Under the six and a half rebounds on on Russell. Now, do we know? Have you seen anything on his minutes? I know he got bumped up to uh, like around thirty. I think he played thirty-two uh, in that closeout game. Uh, have you seen any reports or updates on whether or not that, that you know restriction is basically uh, off him now? Yeah, I think so. I haven't really seen anything, but yeah, he played thirty-four minutes, and I think did they say going in that it was going to be thirty? So it's yeah. game seven, and you, you know you that's what push I felt. But I wrote that up too, and I did the playbook for that game. I was like, there, there's no way in an elimination game, game seven, if a game's on the line, they're going to leave Russell Westbrook on the bench for that. Like if he's at his minutes cap, I, I, I didn't believe it. It felt like they were for sure going to uh, be going the over on that one as well. Yeah, he had nine rebounds in that game, but the other one's four, six, five, three. So, you know, he also played limited minutes in those games. So, like, yeah, his rebounding is weird, you know? It there, is. It, it is. I agree. It's, it, the, I think the limitations is why I think it's a, it's like a tempting number because he is a guy that, you know, will consistently, you know, stuff the box score. They don't really have a rebounder, we'll say. So, I, I think I'm actually more tempted if I find out that there's no real limitations or we're not worried about him playing under 30. Uh, the six and a half number, I may, I may actually go opposite of you and go over on that one. Yeah, possible for sure. Um, there are some big guys, though, on the Lakers that could steal yeah, some rebounds from him. There definitely are some big guys. Uh, AD, uh, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, all those uh, 
uh, guys can certainly be strong rebounders. Uh, Adam, we are coming to the end of our time here. Any final thoughts for the listeners uh, about this Friday slate of games, Miami, Milwaukee, Lakers, Houston? No, I think it should be fun again. We've gotten some really good games from the NBA over the last few days, some exciting finishes, and looking forward to two more good games. I mean, this is a pivotal, just like we saw the pivotal game for Toronto and they came through with a miraculous pass and shot. This is a pivotal game for Milwaukee. Uh, they've got to win this game. You just don't see many it's three going down 3-0 in the NBA pretty much means it's over. Uh, we have seen teams come back from 3-1. Just rewind to last week. Denver right. and Utah. Hey, anything so, can happen in the bubble, right? It's in the, right. Uh, so, the you know, magic, right? Toronto has life now. Can Milwaukee get this back? Let's not forget, Toronto last year lost the first two games to Milwaukee and then won four straight. So... Getting that game three when you're down 2-0 is critical. It can really change things. So uh, big game for Milwaukee tomorrow. They got to get this win. All right, let's go ahead and see if that ends up coming through. Uh, for Adam Ronas, again, John Pember here filling in for Howard Bender. This has been the Annie Up podcast on the Sawdust Podcast Network. Bye.